Welcome to Rocket Nation. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you tuned in today. I have a special treat for you. I've got the amazing Julie Stover joining us. She is the Chief Strategy Officer of eVisit. Um, eVisit is a telemedicine and healthcare technology company. She's an expert in this space with decades of real-world experience. She oversees eVisit's growth initiatives by contributing to the product roadmap based on customer and market trends, as well as securing strategic partnerships. Prior to eVisit, Julie served as the Vice President of Virtual Health Strategies at Envision Healthcare, a national hospital-based physician group headquartered in Nashville. She has experience in both the provider space as well as, as business, and it's going to be a great conversation with her here. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Saul. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah. Now, did I leave anything in the intro that maybe you want to touch on? You've done so much, and 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 I want to make sure that that uh, if you want to highlight something else, I want you to do that. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I don't know that I would call one of them out specifically, but what I would say is that I feel so lucky uh, over the past ten plus years uh, that I've been more focused on the telehealth. Uh, been in healthcare a little longer than that, but in the telehealth space. But I've had the opportunity, to your point, to not only be on the technology side, but also be on the delivery side of, of the market. Um, I feel like when I come to the table, regardless of, of how I'm coming to the conversation, that it gives me a unique perspective because I've, I've sat in the shoes of the customer. I've been the customer. And, uh, but then I've also sat in, in you know, the seat of the vendor as well, if, if you, know, you yeah. want to refer to them as such. And, uh, and so it, it gives me the ability to kind of relate to both as I enter into these partnership discussions. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's a very valuable set of experiences and, and understanding both intimately is a great advantage. What, what inspired your work in this space, Julie? Oh, gosh, you're going to get me uh, to be really cheesy and silly here for a second. Um, you know, what I would say is that uh, I, was, I was working for HCA at the time. And I tell people, I, I wish I could tell you that it was intentional, Saul. It was honestly just pure dumb luck. It was like being in the right place at the right time. But I had an opportunity to get involved in, in what HCA referred to at that time as their outreach strategy. And that meant how HCA hospitals partnered with non-HCA hospitals. And one of the services that they offered was, was telehealth. Um, in those early days, it was it was really just focused on telestroke and telemental health. Of course, that's grown since then. But what I figured out is that any day that was going to include a discussion around telehealth was going to be a good day. And and the reason for that is because, um, as I always like to share with with folks, you know, people don't access healthcare because they want to. They access healthcare because they have to or because they need to. And so because of that, most of the time, well, some of the time, I should say, it's not always a great outcome, you know. And, mm -hmm. and so what I realized is that telehealth was the opportunity where everybody that was part of the equation really benefited from it in some way. You know, it gave HCA the opportunity to extend their reach and partner with these secondary market hospitals that they might not have relationships with otherwise. Um, it gave those hospitals in those communities the opportunity to broaden their scope of service and really care for their communities. Um, and in some instances, keep their doors open, quite frankly. Um, but then last and certainly not least, it was a win for the patients. 
The mm -hmm. patients are able to receive care closer to home, which saves them time, money, stress, and strain on their, you know, on them, on themselves and their families. Uh, and sometimes it saves their lives. And so, you know, that is when you can say in healthcare that everybody finds a win, um, that's that's a good day, you know. And so I uh, I, I agree. Just, yeah, I just decided that was something I wanted to be part of. That's awesome. Yeah. Serendipitous, right? I mean, you were yeah. just there, but it became the future. It is the present, COVID, <laughs> fast track, everything. Here we are. So, so talk to us about eVisit, uh, uh, Julie. You know, what are you guys doing to add value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, well, uh, I will tell you, I was a customer of eVisit for a couple of years prior to joining the team. So I had an opportunity to, to get to see the team and see the platform from, again, from that side of the equation. And so I developed a, a great passion for it. And just it's, uh, you know, I saw the, the usability of the platform and the flexibility uh, and, and, you know, it gave me the opportunity to go into a number of different programs that I was deploying and, and scale that across. And so, um, so for me, as I, you know, made the decision to come over and join the team, there was a number of things. It was, uh, it was not only that, it was just a, an appreciation for the platform itself, but also for the vision. And, and that's just to simplify healthcare delivery to everyone everywhere. And, and I think that is really, that, that almost sums up the platform and, and the organization perfectly because it is extremely simple to use, uh, but at the same time, it is so robust that it really can meet the needs of, of so many different workflows that organizations are looking to deploy. Um, I think that it's a, it's a really interesting and exciting time for eVisit right now. Uh, we, are, we are in what I would consider hyper growth mode. And uh, and so because of that, you know, that's given us the ability to to really hone in on on, you know, how to serve our customers and our partners best. And and what does that mean? And that that translates into everything from, you know, the product roadmap to to engineering and what they're developing and building to, you know, how our sales and marketing motions function uh, out there uh, in the industry. And of course, then for me, from the strategy seat is, you know, how do we continue to grow and respond to your point? You mentioned COVID. It's a, it's, you know, it's a different ballgame now. And, uh, and COVID really kind of changed it for everybody. And so just making sure that eVisit is is on top of that and that we are ready and, and able to serve the needs and help our partners solve the challenges that they're faced with. Yeah. And, and, and so what are you seeing right now, Julie? What are, what are some of the biggest needs? What are people running into? Well, it's, uh, it's, you know, going back to just kind of how COVID changed this situation. I, I think of so many different other industries that have evolved over the years. I think of, you know, Uber and, you know, how it's taken over the, the transportation industry. I think of, you know, now um, <laughs> I can order a pizza and I can basically watch my pizza be made and, and then ultimately delivered to my front door, you know, and, uh, and I think what we have. Man, who does seen... that one? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't have an actual sponsorship, so maybe I won't call their name out, but um, that's but fair. That's fair. Um, and so I think what we've seen now is is through the through the COVID, you know, the, the high peaks of the COVID time period, uh, we saw the actual consumerization of healthcare happen right before mm -hmm. our eyes. You know, mm -hmm. patients have a different expectation now of how they want to receive care. 
Most of them have used it. They liked it. They saw the convenience of it. And as a result, you know, it was in many respects, it was a nice to have before, you know, COVID for, for healthcare organizations. Now it's a must have in yep. order to maintain the relationships with their patients that they want to have um, and not lose them to a, to a competing organization. They have to have these types of strategies in place. So that's, you know, that's the biggest thing right now that we are, that we are assisting our, our partners with. That's great. Now, um, I understand there's this Amazon Web Services Health Equity Initiative grant that you guys have been a part of with the ET3 space, the triage, treat, transport. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and what's happening? Yeah, um, that is really exciting. And, and that is one that um, truly is a game changer for healthcare. So ET3 is a CMS innovation initiative. And uh, for folks that are familiar with, with what those are, you actually, you know, you go in, you apply to be an awardee of the CMS initiative. And then uh, if determined so, then CMS kind of grants you um, grants you that right. And in uh, this, this one in particular, um, you know, when patients call 911, I, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll share this for folks that are not aware of this, but prior to ET3, when a patient calls 911 and an ambulance is dispatched to their home or to their office or wherever they may be, wherever they might need care, uh, unless that ambulance crew takes you to the hospital, uh, they did not get reimbursed for their services. So they're actually incentivized in that regard to take you to the hospital whether you need it or not. Hmm. So when you start to talk about, you know, overuse of the system, if you will, and crowding and and just capacity issues in emergency rooms across this country, uh, that is a huge issue. You know, when you've got ambulances coming up in there that may or may not need to be there. So what CMS did is they really stepped forward and they said, hey, we're going to give these ambulance agencies that are participating in this program the opportunity to get to the scene and to make what they what they term as an appropriate determination of care. And, and this, is, this is fantastic for so many reasons. Number one, it helps reduce that waste or that unnecessary use of, of the emergency room. Yeah. But it also allows these paramedics to practice at the top of their license, to get to the scene and actually deliver the care that they've been trained to deliver. Um, and then there's a couple of options that come into play here. So of course they can choose to do nothing, uh, I should say, of course, they can absolutely first decide to go ahead and transfer the patient to the emergency room. If it's a, you know, if it's a trauma, a stroke, a heart attack, something of that nature, of course, they're just going to go. Um, they can decide not to do anything, of course. Um, they can also dis- decide to take the patient to what's, ter- what's called an alternative destination of care. So that might be an urgent care. It might be a mental health clinic. It could be an FQHC. Hmm. It could be wherever's most appropriate for the patient. But then the last one and where where e-visit comes in is uh, they can do what's called treat in place. And so these ambulance agencies have not only partnered with technology organizations, but they've also partnered with provider services organizations to actually deliver care right there, wherever the patient happens to be through virtual health. Yeah. Love that. And so therefore the ambulance crews are getting reimbursed. The patient's receiving care right there and also avoiding the expense of the emergency room uh, when when that's not necessarily the best place they need to be. So when you start to think about the quadruple aim and everything that we're trying to accomplish in healthcare today, this one really checks all the boxes. 
Hey, if you could keep me out of the emergency room, <laughs> yes. sign me up. Absolutely. Oh, oh my and, gosh. and patients love it. I mean, yeah. you know, they absolutely love it. And, and so why not? yeah, it's it's a real win. And and so and with the use of 5G and and now, you know, the the Starlink becoming more possible. Yeah. Uh the that's the the internet service. Is that's the Elon Musk thing, right? Starlink. Yeah. Or is that yeah, yeah. Isn't that right? Now, yeah, I walked I out of the house one day, Julie, and I saw these satellites. It was dark and they were oh, all no. one behind each other. My son points it out and I'm like, oh, this is it. We're dead. The aliens <laughs> are here. But then I found out it was Starlink. Uh, so oh, do you guys cool. do you guys use 5G? You use Starlink? What are you what are you doing? We do, yeah. So, you know, to your point, it's you're kind of at the mercy of cell service. So, you know, of course, you're gonna have challenges with that just the same as you would using your cell phone. But yeah, it, it runs right through cellular connections, Beautiful, uh, which is fantastic. So it is um, basically as long as you can use your cell phone, you can you can make these these visits happen. I love that. And, and folks, this is a reminder that innovation is everywhere. You, like like, you know, like the opportunity to care for somebody on the spot is 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 just a, an incredible opportunity. And then you peel back the onion on some of the incentives you could create some real value uh, out of doing this. Uh, so, so fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Excited to see how this uh, unravels uh, and adds value to, 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 to people. Um, what would you say? I mean, look, the question that I always ask is a trend in healthcare technology that's going to change healthcare as we know it. How would you answer that question? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we are living now, we have the the generations that want everything at their fingertips. And so I think that you're going to only continue to see that evolve. And, and, and we want everything right now in this moment. We want it, you know, to be as convenient as we possibly, as it possibly can be. And, uh, and so I think it's, it's going to, um, to continue to evolve in that respect, just, just as what we've discussed here today. Um, and, and again, I, you know, I think there was a hesitation by some folks, you know, you like to have a relationship with your provider, but now your provider is the one who's actually delivering these types of programs. And so again, it is the best of both worlds. And, and so I would say what you're, you know, how you're going to see that evolve from the provider perspective is some of what we're seeing today is you're going to see the provider's quality of life continue to improve as well, because cool. now they can see and treat their patients from anywhere they want to be, you know, not just just bound to their office. So you hear this term hybrid care. You know, I think what you're going to really start to see is providers starting to flex their schedules and, and where they physically are located in person uh, more and more and more. And hopefully what that will do is that will encourage more folks to go to medical school and to become providers, because as we all know, we're going to, you know, we're facing some pretty significant shortages in this country over the coming years. Man, so cool. I, I love that idea, Julie. You know, keep these clinicians in mind. With these improvements, it's not only good for patients, it's good for clinicians. It and is. clinicians are burned out. Hospitals are losing tons of money because yes. they're paying for temporary workers. Yep. There's opportunities today with, with businesses like eVisit to, to optimize how care delivery happens. And uh, it's never been more exciting than now. So I, 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 love, I love your point, Julie. I love yeah. it. 
So, okay. Um, just fantastic work, uh, that you guys are up to. I appreciate you guys jumping on today. Leave us with the closing thought, Julie. What, what, what do, what do the listeners need to be thinking about as they, as they take on these new technologies and what's the best place for them to reach out to you to learn more? Yeah. So I would say, you know, the number one thing, um, the number one, I guess, challenge that I see organizations face is not building for sustainability. So build for the future. And I know that there are some uncertainties around that for for organizations that they're challenged with today. But but let's do as much vision casting as we possibly can. What happened during COVID is that you saw a lot of people try to solve problems really quickly with certain types of technology solutions that won't carry them forward in the future. And so I think to the degree that you can build for sustainability and determine what those success metrics are. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, when you say, was this program successful or not, you're really clearly defined on what that means and what that looks like. Um, you know, that's that's how people should be approaching these programs. And that's how we, you know, that's how we help them build them. So, yeah, if you want to talk more, you can tell I'm slightly passionate about this. So <laughs> I would I would love, love to talk to anybody and everybody that wants to dig in on that a little bit more. Uh, you can go to evisit.com. Um, you know, honestly, you can e- email me if you want to at, at jstover at evisit.com. I'm fine with that too. So, Love it. um, yeah, thanks for having me. This is always so fun. Oh my God. It's a pleasure to have you folks. Um, we'll, we'll include the, the links to, to, to evisit, um, uh, Julie's contact info. So you can get in touch and make a difference. If something today moved you, do something about it. Don't just listen. Julie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Saul.